We're here today with Ben Fitzgerald and Alexander Sander of the CNAS Technology and National Security Program. Uh, they've just written a new report, Seizing the Initiative, Turning AT&L Reorganization into Technological Advantage. Um, so this report is about the reorganization of uh, acquisitions, technology, and logistics, the office at uh, DOD, which is mandated by the 2017 NDAA. Can you discuss the reason behind these reforms and what's really required here at DOD? Sure. So, so this um, the the split of ATNL is probably the highest profile um, part of two years worth of big reform legislation by the Congress, both the 2016 and the 2017 NDAA. And the um, the theme that runs throughout all of that is increasing innovation um, and also. Uh, finding ways to help the DOD generate military technical advantage. And this split is intended to create one undersecretary who's focused purely on innovation, technological innovation, and developing new sort of military technologies, and then another undersecretary who's focused on the sort of the acquisition, management, and sustainment the nuts of and all bolts. Of those things. Uh, not so much, uh, it's, it's less about the nuts and bolts and more about developing new ideas and then doing all of the management and oversight of big programs is the way that I would think about it. So what that means in terms of DOD action that needs to happen within the next year uh, is they need to submit an interim report to the Armed Services Committees by March 1st. And what needs to go into this report is really their assessment of what the new organizational structure under research and engineering and acquisition and sustainment should look like. And then by August 1st, they'll need to put together their implementation strategy. And what's important about this timeline is that it allows the DOD to take advantage of congressional support for reform and request any additional legislative uh, support that they'll need in the 2018 NDAA. So let's talk about then what they should do, not just what they have to do. Um, in the report, how do you recommend that uh, DOD respond to this congressional mandate? So it really leaves the DOD a lot of flexibility in terms of how these offices should be structured. So there's a huge opportunity for drastic change, but of course this is not the only thing that the DOD has going on right now. Uh, there's the demands of multiple operations, uh, reinvigorated great power competition, nervous allies, uh, and the president's calls for military buildup. So what we really don't want to happen is for this opportunity to get lost in uh, everything else that's happening. And what that concern is, is we don't want the office to just be reorganized on the organizational chart. Uh, the secretary really needs to take a look at other reforms and processes uh, that he can implement in this time. That's right. So, so what we recommend in the paper conceptually is that senior leadership, and we mean the secretary and the deputy secretary, um, and that, that, that senior cadre need to define very specifically what problem is it they want to solve. And we lay out three um, sort of candidate problems that they could address. They could look purely at the innovation problem, um, which would be focused on that new Undersecretary of Defense for Research and Engineering. They could look more broadly at the, the, the their bigger acquisition and technology strategy and, and the processes that run that and the, the organization that support it. Or they could go even bigger and look at the higher order sort of management architecture of the of, of the Pentagon. So looking at this new chief management officer, 
uh, potentially a chief innovation officer, thinking about the controller's role and PNR, all those kind of things. Um, so sort of ascending orders of difficulty. Yeah, all of them. All of them will be challenging. <laughs> but 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 the, the the important thing here is for the the current Pentagon team to figure out what's the most important problem and then match the resources and the sort of political capital for change that they have available to them to that problem. What would be problematic would be if they went, if they sat and said, right, we're developing a new one of everything. And then they only had the resources to do a small part of that. Um, so that establishing that balance is going to be probably the most consequential thing that they can do. So you mentioned that all three uh, uh problems, dealing with all three problems would be quite difficult. And you often hear about, you know, turning bureaucracies around is like turning a battleship around in a puddle. Um, so this is, but if this is a big opportunity for DOD and, and for Secretary Mattis, what do you see the prospects for change actually being? The, so, so I think the, the, the first thing to sort of, um, to spur change is that they do need to view it as an opportunity, not as an encumbrance that has been foisted <laughs> upon them by the Congress. Um, the timing obviously is challenging. Uh, Secretary Mattis doesn't have all of the, the team that he would ordinarily have to make this stuff happen. Um, I think that um, in terms of prospects of change, change is going to occur. It's going to, it's mandated by law. So come <laughs> February 1, 2018, there will be two undersecretaries. Um, the, the, the question is going to be how smooth is that change and also um, what uh, long-term impact will it have? So I think the, 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 there's, um, if, they, if, if the secretary and his team can move beyond all of the sort of awkwardness that we're going to see over the next 12 to 24 months, I think the prospects are very positive. Um, it, it's really just going to be a question of getting the strategy right, tying our technology strategy to the national defense strategy, um, and, and, then, and then doing the change management. So in theory, I think it looks good. In practice, it's, gonna, it's absolutely going to be challenging. And especially when we still have McCain and Thornberry running the Sask and Hask, respectively, uh, two chairmen who are really invested in pushing these reforms forward and instigating effective change, even if the DOD doesn't fully leverage or take advantage of this opportunity that they've been provided, uh, we can be sure that they'll continue to push reforms through Congress uh, in whatever way they think is best. That's a, that's a great point. So, so while there's still this question of will that change, will we see the change that we need? I think there is more likelihood that that change can occur in the, in the short to medium term that we're living in now than at any time in the past 20 years. Uh, and, and it's not clear to me after this moment, when will we have this type of opportunity again? <laughs> well, then let's uh, talk again after the recommendations come forth and we'll, uh, we'll see if they followed your recommendations and instructions. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a Thanks. lot.